Welcome to the downside. We're jumping right in. Right, Nate. Yeah. What, what prep did you want? I don't know. Usually you have to figure out. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Marla, I can't talk it, right now. It's his show, and okay. he didn't wow. turn off his show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, airplane mode. <laughs> my name's Jamarcus Arezzi. I'm here with my co-host, Russell Daniels. Hi. And my other co-host, a fly, that is going to yeah. be flying throughout the episode. We're here with very special guest, uh, comedian, actor, singer. Wikipedia lies. Hey, Dean Edwards. Dean, can you say something negative to kick off this show? Negative? Um, negative to kick off the show. Um, Anything about your life, the world? I, you know, you know, I'm a positive dude. Listen, so it's like, I, I'm trying. Look, when you said, we've had your types before. When you, positive. When you said, you. when you said that, I was like, I know there's been uh, uh, traffic in New York City bugs me. How's this that? is the downside. Listening to the downside, the downside. with John Marco I uh, listen. This might be a more positive episode because I have to go out the gate. Uh, I I did shrooms for the first oh time my God. on Saturday. You really? You're a spiritual so person now. I I'm feel a it. spiritual person. <laughs> I feel you lighter. This is now the upside, <laughs> the upside, where we talk about all the positives in life and all the things. You're Colors not, are nice. You're now manifesting this podcast into existence. I am. Yeah. I, I, I'm a. I'm a believer. I. I have pushed off shrooms for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've. I've only done pot, and even that, I came too late. What made you push them off? That's interesting. I'm a neurotic. Well, I, it's hard to know. Part of it's like I'm neurotic. Yeah. Existential, angsty. So I have a fear that the drug will lead me down that that path. When okay. I get high, I always go through an existential dip. I'll be okay. high, and I'll hit a moment. Where I'll go like, if if I'm in a car, I'll be like, what if I got hit by a car and then I'd be dead? Mm-hmm. And then I go like, oh my God, I'd be dead and I don't want to be dead. And that's, so I was scared shrooms would be an amplified version. Of ah, that. interesting. There's also the degree where like, I think the anti-drugs campaign that was like in my childhood, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the eggs in the frying yeah, pan, yeah, yeah. this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> yeah. I think it uh, drugs was effective. Drugs seem delicious. I think it was effective on yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think it seeped deep in my, so I never, I never looked at drugs as like, a dirty thing. I never right. judged anyone who did drugs. I right. was just scared of what it would do to my brain. I'm the same. I'm the yeah. same. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke or drink. Um, and I find that when you don't, so I, I've actually like my own research has led me to believe that when you don't indulge, people don't trust you as much around them uh-huh. because they don't feel comfortable being themselves. Even though you just said you'll preface it by saying. Listen, I don't judge you. It's not about it's not about you judging them. It's people want to judge you and put you in the same uh, position as them because a lot of people yeah. utilize drugs and alcohol for whatever um, you know escape that yeah. they choose to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't choose to do that, and then you get vilified. And you, I think it's the degree of like, listen, I don't know how anyone's sober in comedy. It's hard, <laughs> but I think there's a degree of like, oh. I feel like I can't be as silly because this person is seeing me be silly and they're right. not in a silly mindset. Right, right, yeah. right. But again, that comes down to they're it's, afraid you're going to judge their silliness. Yeah. 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 But I when also you're like, not. if I was sober, I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of drunk, drunk people. I, You know what? I, I've i never found not uh, indulging as an issue just because that was just something. I, when I was a kid, when Eddie Murphy 
Delirious made me want to do this. And I remember when he was out, when he first like blew up, every interview he was in, they were like, so Eddie, you don't smoke or drink? He was like, nah, I don't smoke or drink. I don't do anything. And But which made sense because his hero, Richard Pryor, did everything and almost killed himself. Sure, right? yeah. And so when I see Eddie saying that, and he's Mr. Box Office on the cover of Newsweek and, and all his movies, $100 million grossing, I'm like, oh, well, I want to go that route. Sure. And so that so then it be by the time I was able to do it, I was like, well, I'm I've been fine without it. So that you can you can't sell a benefit. You couldn't sell me. You couldn't find a benefit to me that. Mm. But trying it once, like I think, like shrooms. Which now you're an alcoholic. (laughs) I but I so desperately like I want you to. I it's now my life's work to get you to do shrooms. Well, tell me about the experience because like sure yeah. So like I was. So I didn't know what to expect. We got like it was very interesting. We got a, a, a some dealer service like came to like the way they used to do with pot, but now it's not as much because it's legal. Right. But they come with a backpack and they sent us a Shroom hub. yeah shroom, and they sent us a text where it was like all the articles we might want to read mm. about the it's it's funny because the kind of shroom we took it's called penis envy, mm. which because I guess shrooms are shaped like a penis. Mm-hmm. But there's a degree of like guys, this is not going to the Senate. For, for legalization if you're going to make Ted Cruz call it penis envy. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, let's come with a different name. But they sent like, they sent you a playlist of music. They sent you articles. Wow. So we like, we got, it was chocolate bars. We got two bars. One is a backup. Uh, 10 pieces per bar. Each had 0.4 grams. Okay. And uh, as opposed to eating the shrooms, like, like whatever, raw. Yeah. And uh, we did like moderate dose was like two grams. So mm-hmm. we did like 1.6 and then we added more throughout the day. Tova found this amazing place. This is very bougie. It's on Governor's Island. It's glam, you know, glamping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the glamping on Governor's glamping, Island. Glamping, it's yeah. camping. It's glamorous oh, camping. It's okay. not really, okay. you know, right. there's yeah. there's no bugs. How secluded right. are you from other people? Are you seeing uh, other people? Well, we take this, like, eight-minute ferry. Uh, uh, there's tents right next to each other, but they're yeah. nice tents with heated mattresses and heaters. Oh, wow. You have to walk to another tent for a bathroom and, like, you zip it down and latch it closed. And it's chilly-ish, mm-hmm. but but you're separate enough. Yeah, right. And right. so like that is glamping. Be, yeah, it's yeah. glamping because we wanted to be. We we were trying to figure out. We wanted to be able to be outdoors and indoors. Right. Okay. Set and setting. That's the big like shrooms thing. What's your set and yeah. what's your move? All these things. Yeah, yeah. So it was like this amazing, amazing place where we could be in the tent, take the shrooms, then just sit on the porch, look out at the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. and uh, it was perfect. We did the shrooms, Tova. We sat across from each other, and she said, let's say our intentions mm. for this trip. And she said, you know, things about connecting and being together. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard for me because I'm like, I'm scared. And she's like, no, no, no. What's your positive intention? Uh-huh. And I said, baby, this is against my brand. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. we, we got we to stay negative. Uh-huh. But I said, you know, uh, uh, you know, to be closer to you and then uh, love you. And she's like, make eye contact. Uh-huh. Interesting. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, well, well. And, uh, I, I uh, like Toba. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she, yeah. She, she knows me and yeah, she, yeah. she pushed me there. Yeah. And uh, then we took it and we, we go outside. And I think there's a fear of like, it's going to be like a walking and then boom. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But it was very gradual. And, and how how soon, like, you know, because edibles t- can take a couple hours. 30 sometimes. minutes, like on the dot. Wow. Okay. It was also, so quick. these chocolates were disgusting. Yeah. The shrooms I mean, are mushroom chocolate. gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was just like the way it started. Things felt very like, it's so hard. It's all cliche. 
everything you feel and think, it's so fucking cliche. You're yeah. like, humanity is like an organism. Uh, and the universe is just like it's very it's very meta like yeah it wasn't like nihilism and that it's not that nothing mattered it was mm -hmm. just that like the world moves and it just it is mm -hmm. yeah and i'm seeing the organism and mm -hmm. i'm gonna be back in it soon but everything became kind of 3d mm -hmm. in a in a more visceral way the and colors the colors brighter. Colors brighter. No. Tova and I, we had this moment. We were, we had all these, we had these like fancy crackers, and she looked through like the nook of a cracker and was mm. like, "It's like a telescope. Look at it. If what? you look here, the sky looks okay. purple." And then, <laughs> and then I took it. and I was looking through it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" And as I'm telling her how amazing it is, I, I accidentally ate the cracker. I put it in my mouth and chomped. I was like, "No, yeah. the cracker!" I ate the telescope, and we were like, like almost crying but laughing, and <laughs> it was just, it was. We just, we just talked now. And the one thing Tov and I noticed is like we did not, and this is where we'd be very different with Shroom's trips. We didn't listen to music for one moment of the Shroom's oh, trip. Tov and I are not music people. Mine would be hundred percent. We music. just talked. Now. Like okay, so this is happening. What if someone were to, in, while this is happening, what do you what do you think your mental capacity would be if all of a sudden someone was like, "Sir, you're standing in the middle of the road." Like if 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 a voice like that cut in, like a, mm, a third party, not high. I moved rooms. slow. Like there were other people there, and we were joking. I mean, there were families there, and it's like they, these families are there with their kids, yeah. and there's these two people next door being like, "Look through the cracker." Yeah. No. That's what I, I was yeah, 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 yeah. wondering. But generally pretty what functional. You you That's what was surprising about the from, shrooms is okay. like I think in the, the, the height of the trip we would have been like very like slow and like kind of a little aloof. But after a little bit I was like, oh, we could function. And then we went to – they had like dinner – and we're there, and I think uh, I think Phoebe Robinson was there. Oh, that's funny. Okay. And then someone came up to me who was like uh, uh, worked at Laugh Exchange, which was this app that kind of collapsed a couple years ago. Remember, uh, Uncle yeah, Fashion yeah. joined right before it collapsed, as we oh, like yes. to do. And yes. and he comes up and he's like, "Jamarco, are you touring?" And I'm like, "I'm in. I'm looking like shit. I did not expect to see anyone." Right, right, right. But there's a degree of like, "Oh yeah, we left eight minutes from the city. We're gonna run into people." Here. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like sweats sweater and i was just like i think i was functional now, how many hours do we how many hours were you high and like when did you feel like you weren't high we were like four hours we put the phones away completely mm -hmm. so i didn't yeah. have a grasp of time fully but i'd say four or five hours and then we added like a little piece of chocolate throughout for to keep it going uh -huh. so super high for five hours started to come down ate some more chocolate and then microdosed essentially until mm -hmm. the end of the night wow so amazing so you think you could? Do you think you could have done it here in the city, in the city, as I opposed to going, going? Because you, 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 you put yourself in a controlled space where, yeah, you know, and I imagine for safety reasons, just, yes. you know, just so you, you, because then it could just be you and your lady, and y'all are just as one in into each other, and then slowly the families, yeah, the neighboring grampers you know, you interact with, but it's not too much. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think I'd want to do it here just because it's like, it wouldn't be as magical. Mm -hmm. And New York just, you know, you deal with people in New York. I was I was nervous that like in the beginning of the trip, I'd walk in the street and be like, baby, look, the car, it looks like it's getting bigger. <laughs> and then he hits right. you. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think I could. I just think like, I wouldn't want to. 
or you could go to Central Park and you are so entertained you could just be there for five hours right and true. have fun just like looking at the yeah, grass right but I think going somewhere felt much more special yeah and I want I want you to do it at some point I'm open um, good to know good to ish. know uh, I think I'd want to do it in my like apartment roof like setting, because I it, I feel like I would be nervous not being in a controlled setting too. Sure, and I wouldn't want to be a anywhere. Roof? Well, so so I have like a like like a, it's a done up roof. Like there's oh, okay. couches and things like that. Oh, okay. So like if the weather was nice and we could like yeah yeah, yeah. keep gotcha. it in like a thing. So because then we get the outside. There's that forest right there. Um, yeah, we yeah, can yeah. maybe go into the forest as an entrance right You're there. You're not going to be, I'm going to fly. But, yes. No, 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 no. no. I, but I would want it to I be think that's PCP. Right. in okay. a controlled thing, um, maybe with someone who wasn't, you know? Sure. Do you think Nicole would do it? Or do you think you'd want to babysit? I think she would do it, but she would babysit probably. Um, I just think it's so, I'm so glad I did it. And it made me go, I didn't feel like great regret, like why didn't I do this earlier? But mm. there's, there's, I deal with anxiety and I'm like, I think this made me feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think I'm at an age now where I feel I feel some new age where I'm like, yeah, let me experiment with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just a dash of heroin. Right. What a, oh just a, God, no. But, <laughs> Look, but like, oh, like, okay. I think maybe acid, maybe Molly, even Smidgen though Molly has crack. a dip. No, I would, the furthest I would go is shrooms for me. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think Molly or acid are necessarily further. I They just freak me out. Don't you want to try heroin at the end? No, because sometimes right people at the like, end, you know, right they on show the deathbed. Right on the death okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> since I have the yeah, IVs yeah. in my arm yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LSD, like for di- for dying, doing the shrooms. I mean, truly, I do think there's a degree of like, oh yeah, if I was dying, if I was towards the end of my life, I'm definitely gonna. That's do why I want to do it now because I'll do some drugs then because mm-hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be fully present for that shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to see the flow of universe when I'm about to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what have you, you've, do you drink ever? Not, you know what the most I indulged when I was a kid, I used to make my parents, I used to make my mother screwdrivers. Um, How young? Like two I young? mean, I mean, yeah, like by, by today's standards, like you shouldn't be seven and eight years old uh taking uh some russian stolichnaya or whatever and and putting it in okay i think i'm supposed to put but uh the orange is supposed to fade away a little um and i'm sure i tasted it i tasting vodka as as a kid i was like this is rocket fuel this doesn't taste good and the same i hate it i hate vodka yeah and then the same with um you know my dad drank his heineken's you're drinking a heineken i would take a sip i was like this looks and tastes like urine so there was again so as i got older and more mature i was like i'm good and then i saw more and more friends that overindulged right were your parents overindulging as well? No, no. They, they, they just no, just they just, just wanted you to make. It. Yeah, then my mother's like, do you know, go go make. She didn't say screwdriver. She was like, go make my go make my drink, and you know, I saw it. So I was like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. parents would have house parties back in the days, yeah. and you know, the ba- you, there was no babysitter. You just went in in their bedroom, you know, and and um, every so often you come out trying to be in the mix, and and uh, oh, and make my and so you make their drinks, okay, and and you know, bring groceries home you you carried the 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 six pack of heineken or whatever so it was no it, it was no big deal i was you know it's funny i was watching the bad the original bad news bears yesterday uh-huh. um very nostalgic moment because i remember this movie it was a great movie and at the end walter Matthau's um 
I think uh, his name was but, uh, Butter Buttermilk. I forgot his name. Uh, uh, hey, Butterworth, whatever his name was. He hands all the kids after, spoiler alert, after they lose, um, he gives all the kids beers and people are pissed off. But I said, back then, we didn't, this was a movie that was, it was a big movie. Yeah. And no one, if that movie came out today, people would lose their minds. How old are the kids in the movie? The kids like, are like 11 or between 12, probably 9 and 12. If that, yeah, 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 maybe yeah. 13, 14. But these are these are young kids playing on this little league baseball team. Chico's Bail Bonds. I remember the back of the uh, uniforms. Uh, they were the Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. But they were drinking beer at the end, and it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. To, yeah, like it was it, obviously because one of the parents said something about it. But the kids all took it back, and again, I was like, piss. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you like the taste of alcohol when you were younger? No. Yeah. No, no, but no. now you you do like it. I do, yeah. Even straight vodka? No. No, no. I mean, I can do a dirty martini. I like a dirty martini. Oof, that's but I don't poison. like I don't like vodka generally mixed with anything. Like I like or by itself. Like I don't it is the worst for me. Like I like a gin and I like a whiskey, but outside of I had the vodka when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I went to a musical theater program. It was my fifteenth birthday, so I had fifteen shots of the cheapest vodka. Fifteen, you could have. 15 shots. Fifteen shots. That's... and you just just shrooms. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. I know it was it was it was crazy. I was with these kids who grew up in New York, uh -huh. and they were doing cocaine in the bathroom, which oh, for me my. was shocking. Talk wow. about a drug that I like kind of did once, and I I'm like that's crazy. Cocaine yeah. to me. Crazy. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, why? Why is cocaine crazy to you? Just the the possibility of death, the possibility of fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels more dangerous. Oh. Yeah. Shrooms. Not a lot of people seem to die from right. shrooms. Okay. Also, to speed up your thoughts or anything would be probably not Chaos. great. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do want to take Adderall though. I'm, again, I'm in my drug phase. You're I think drug. I have ADD. Uh -huh. My girlfriend has noticed. She's like, she sees me work, and she's like, "Why would you move to this? Mm -hmm. You were doing this." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think I, I think I'm gonna try it. Not laziness, just okay. <laughs> no, 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 not laziness. No, 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 no. I like a focus. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so where did you grow up? Grew up in uh, the Bronx. Born in the Bronx, raised Mount Vernon, New York. Yeah. City. Where? How far is Mount Vernon from here? Mount Vernon is the North Bronx. The North Bronx. <laughs> I mean, honestly, does the four, five, six go uh, there? No. Okay. That's the only you know what I mean. It's it's literally like you 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 go like this and you're in the Bronx. Uh huh. Yeah. So what are the what are the downsides of growing up in the Bronx when you did? Um, I mean, we didn't know it. You know, we didn't. I because because we weren't. My family was. I would say. I guess we were middle class. Um, and most of the people around around me were whatever variation of middle class could have been lower middle class, upper middle class, but it was like right in the middle. Um, when we, when we moved to Mount Vernon, I noticed the the difference was trees were a little greener. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was a little more space. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we, it seemed more suburban than, than the BX. Then this, I, I was born in the South Bronx, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Soundview and, um, you know, South Bronx is, you know, you know, rest in peace, Nana and the rest of my family, you know, we all, everybody, that was in that community, I mean, I guess it would be technically a lower income uh, community, but, you know, Nana owned her house, um, uh, you know, and this was a, a block full of black and Latinos, um, you know, and, but I also remember, you know, us finding a, uh, a, <laughs> a deserted um, parking meter 
and me and my brother and you know cousins saying, "Oh, let's let's take this." We have no idea where we're going with. You can't just like go anywhere yeah. with a park a broken parking meter. And I wound up uh, I wound up losing my entire thumb um, thumbnail because we were carrying it, and then. No one said, "Okay, we're putting it down." So when they let go, oh. I didn't. Oh my god! And smashed your thumb. Yes, yeah, smashed my thumb, Ooh. and oh. the entire the entire was it was purple. And uh, you know, were you taking it? Were you trying to get the the money out of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was it? I mean, if it was broken, did someone already try? You think? Probably. Like looking back now, yeah. yeah. You know how you look back on the things you did. You're like, this was dumb. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah. There was no. I'm sure that we weren't the first people to come upon. <laughs> This, the parking meters didn't just fall over. Right, like, right. You know, because it, it wasn't, yeah. I don't think where we saw it was where it initially would have been. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. And um, yeah, so so smashing, you know, like all the, a lot of the bad happened based on, uh, you know, just making bad <laughs> decisions as a young adolescent. You're yeah. Stupid. That's a, that's a, I just, a young adolescent both the same, but yeah. yeah Did yeah. you get in trouble at all? Um, I think I was probably crying and bleeding too much to sure, to sure. get in any yeah. real trouble. It's like you know the trauma, the 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 initial shock of your your parent you coming home and your your mother seeing that she's focused on that, and then after the fact, they're like, "Well, what what were y'all doing?" You know, I don't even, honestly now I'm thinking about it, I'm like I don't even know if we told the truth. We probably lied. Sure, yeah. sure, probably lied. <laughs> you know, Dean yeah. fell off the sixth train. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, something dumb. Yeah. Um, so you moved to Mount Vernon, and then uh, where'd you go to school? Went to, shoot, went to, uh, it was called Nichols, and then they were building uh, what became Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Elementary School. Um, we got to, like, we, we were we were far advanced because we went to one school for, I think, uh, like, kindergarten, no, through first grade. First, second, and third grade were in uh, Nichols, and then they moved us back to Lincoln because they had built this brand new school. And um and we had carpets like it was fly schools. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, and and looking back, it, it was almost Montessori esque, only because it was there were walls, but the but the doors on the doors didn't shut all the way. They had these walls that they could pull closed, and yeah, it was it was like I'm this is first time this memory's coming coming yeah. to me yeah. in years, and I'm like, oh wow, we kind of we were a little more advanced than uh, some of the other schools. I wish I'd gone to a Montessori school, anything yeah. close yeah. to it. Yeah, Montessori is dope. Like my 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 uh, our daughters um, went went to Montessori, and they um yeah it was it was it was a For dope what experience. Grades? Your daughter? Um, yeah, no, both both of them. They um they they were in it. Like I re- here's what I loved about Montessori school um, compared to like myself was I remember being in school. And these, uh, you know, I remember my report cards and you probably you guys in entertainment too. teachers always said on report cards, Dean has the ability to do better, but spends too much time daydreaming. Uh Right. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, maybe you're just boring, you know. Uh-huh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how I looked at it. Because when I got in classes, we had this one teacher, Mr. Hickey, was dope. But he kept, he was engaging. And he he helped you apply the, um, you you understood what he was teaching and how it applied to your life, 
right? And what did he my, teach, Mr. Hickey? Um, Mr. Hickey, back then, it was everything. They, you know, like we, we, he was our home homeroom teacher, but he he did some of everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was engaging, and yeah. he also let me, like, perform at the end of class, at the what end he, of the day. Like, what would you he know, say, like, at the end, like, he was Dean. like Dean? Yeah, he was like, Dean, you want to, and then I'm, I'm singing or doing whatever, Michael Jackson, whatever. And was that a big one growing up? Michael, did you have a good Michael Jackson? Oh yeah, yeah, I loved MJ, man. Yeah, yeah. Rock with you still reminds me of this girl. Uh, was her name Tia? I think it was Tia or Mia. She had little green eyes, little pigtails on either side. Everybody liked her. Uh huh. You know, I liked her too. You know, <laughs> that's as far as it went. <laughs> but but still, I always wonder what those people like. You always want to go back and see like if they became if they remained as precious yeah. as they were to you in third. Fourth sure, grade, sure. Yeah, yeah. Every time I see my my middle school friend Kevin, we always like we always go through like where everyone is now. Yeah. Do you actually go online and do it or no? Sometimes, I mean, with Instagram, like you can like yeah, you, or you see their wedding pictures. You can and pretty much middle school on. You can kind of know yeah, yeah, elementary yeah. school because I went I moved too. Okay. So I lost touch with some elementary people. Yeah. But you know, and the cool thing about being a stand up, like I go to DC and do Thanksgiving weekend where I grew up. And so I have like a bunch of middle school oh, teachers too. Teachers. And so like come after out? the show, they come out. Oh, that's and it's cool. this it's really surreal. Because oh, like I mean, it couldn't be better. They they are there to be nice to me. Well, especially because see them all. Yeah. You said you went to performing arts high school, yeah. Uh, an artistic high okay. school, okay. not fully performing arts. Okay. I tried, but like very artsy. Okay, but that that's great that these teachers that saw you when you were in art school now get to see you, and you're like, ta da, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of. Yeah. And I had I had generally good teachers. I I my report cards were pretty. There, I remember our chorus teacher. I hated choir. Our Did choir you? was very boring. I mean, oh, okay. It was very like very religious songs okay. that was and not like the fun religious songs. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh. And uh, <laughs> our our choir teacher got busted because someone there was a student who took choir for two days but then switched the band. Okay. And she ended up writing this person a full report card and a report. Where clearly she was just pulling it out of her ass. Uh, she was like, I believe the woman's name was Beth. She was like, Beth tries to focus, but I wish she would focus on this. And someone was like, she was not in this. Oh class. wow, you are full of shit. Oh. But it's gotta be tough as a choir teacher. You get sixty-four report cards. How are you gonna yeah, write an individual yeah. paragraph yeah. for yeah. each person but from you memory? No, <laughs> yeah. if they're there. you should have the attendance though. <laughs> right. You know, like yeah, that's that bare minimum. <laughs> Let's make sure that they were in the class. That's all. All really, you have to do yeah. is make sure that all sixty-four kids are there. Jeez. Um, yeah, it really is the teacher though. That now that you said that, because yeah. I can think of when I think of my favorite teachers, it generally didn't have to do that much with. The subject right. it was it was really like, do I like this person and are they like engaging? They're and engaging. Interesting. Um, I, I well maybe the exception is like I really never connected, but maybe it was the teachers. I never connected with any sort of science or math. Sure. I I I no, I liked one of my math teachers. Well, I like two. Sorry, I forgot my. <laughs> I, had, I had my. Aunt. What did you like about? You had your aunt as a math teacher. <laughs> yeah, but she knew she knows I don't I don't like math. Mm -hmm. So sure, it was kind of an ongoing thing like i was like you know i just because i knew at that point of math when you get to that point in in, in high school mm -hmm. i knew in my bones i didn't need anything was stuff. it like trigonometry proofs, when we're doing proofs uh, on the board okay trying to prove things why are we proving this it does feel i feel like I there is an this. earlier time than the end of high school where you can start making a couple more decisions Do about your tax curriculum stuff, yeah. tax stuff or like transition oh, it taxes. transition yeah. it ninth tenth grade 
fine, whatever math we're doing then. The last year or two should just be like practical things that you'd be like, like insurance or tax stuff. I don't know. You well, know, I think, I think I think I think there would I think we would do better <clears throat> um, society wise if we taught kid if we taught children more things that were more practical and, and applicable to their lives as opposed to because, like you said, there yeah. are things that they're never going to. Um, address or utilize again, such yeah. as like it's like, like my in the on my second high school, second or third high school. Um, me and the one of the teachers, first half of the year, I didn't like her. She didn't like me, and we were very blatant about it. And then by the end of the year, we was we were super tight. I don't even remember what what the click was, but I remember one of uh one of my friends at the school. Um, he at the end of this uh, at the end of the school year, he was like, "Wow, you two used to go at it when you first. And I think it was also probably me moving to another school and and just lashing out um, at someone that didn't seem like they were vibing with me and I wasn't vibing with them. And, and that became so I was like, I'm projecting. I was just yeah. projecting yeah. out on her. But we wound up. Uh, I think I think that was trigonometry, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I wound up doing if if I liked you, I'd do well in your class because I also wanted you to like me and, and think I was I was, um, you know, doing I've always been a good student. Um, as far as and that 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 also I used I said this will make me a great actor one day because I'm a great listener. Mm-hmm. And so I was a good from from like first and second grade on. I would follow the teacher around and just pan, even if I zoned out. My mind, <laughs> I'm not hearing anything yeah. you're saying, but I'm like, just keep looking at them wherever they go. Just wait, you know, make sure you stay with them because that'll that'll uh, that'll let them at least think that you are totally into whatever. <laughs> they're saying yeah and a lot of times i tapped out I don't yeah, know, I don't, yeah i don't care about any of this were you were you doing impressions at this young age you said michael jackson but were you like did you did you know you had this mimicry skill yeah because i always would um i would mimic cartoon king uh the bugs bunny uh you know yeah what's up doc and uh and, and i remember when i was a kid um, I've always been someone that liked watching credits and reading album uh, liner notes and uh-huh. seeing the people that are thanked and whatnot. Yeah, oh, yeah interesting. Yeah. And um, and I remember when I was when I was young, saying, "I think this dude um does all of the people's mail blank. I think he does all the voice because then because." It hit me. I said, uh, "Bugs Bunny's voice was 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 uh, was very similar to uh, to to to, 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 to um, I'm trying to think like uh, um, I'm trying to think of other characters like Tweety Bird and they they all had they I was and obviously as I got older I was like oh when he's doing these voices you can hear because they're they're sitting Porky Pig and and. They're all the same exact tone. It's just how how they uh, how how he conveys or what he does the nuances, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, su- suffering, succotan. You know, they, was that the same guy? The, I think all of those voices, all the same. Sylvester, Tweety, uh, uh, Bugs Bunny. Uh, um, I say, I say, a foghorn fo- fo- leghorn. You know, all of those people. All the same exact characters. So when I was a kid, I remember saying these. They all sound like the same. Like I guess, like when you hear a musician play something, and you're like, "That's the same same yes. note. It's just on a different instrument, or it's the same interest." Or you're instrument like, "This playing. sounds like a so and so song." And right, like, right. Even though it's a different song. Yeah, it has but that's the amazing. You could like, hear that. Yeah. I don't think I could hear the relation between those different characters. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can hear 
more more finely. Well, you than, can hear, you can hear. It's it's like hearing the 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 pitch between. I, I posted something on TikTok a couple months ago, and uh, it was like uh, like LL LL Cool J, right? LL is LL and Jay Z have the same, almost the same exact voice. Whereas, you know, LL is like real. He's he's choppy with the things he says, and and his words kind of drag out. But Jay Z has almost the same exact thing. He just he's he's saying it on the top of his throat, and he's not, and he's very scratchy with it. But if you go back to LL it's almost the same exact voice you know what yeah, I mean yeah and so that's that's what I was hearing back then hearing you do a good LO <laughs> I, will not I, be I do I do have a side I do have a side quest about impressions I'm curious about your your theory where it did feel like there was a time where when it came to uh doing impressions of other races mm -hmm. where, where you know jimmy fallon was doing his chris rock mm -hmm. and other people were well i was on snl with him yeah with with jimmy yeah. fallon yeah, yeah. Uh, right yeah. yeah at the time what how did you did you have any thoughts about it like i i, I don't know i my, don't know my it, my changed. frustration was Hey, I can do that, so why can't I do that? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing to give Jimmy Fallon Chris Rock over you. You know, but I but I think when Jimmy did I remember Jimmy did Chris beforehand, maybe a season before me, but I remember seeing that. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause most most of the impressions, like when I when I uh tested for SNL, I was like, you know, you play to your strengths, right? And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm going to do voices that I know I can get cast as. Sure, right? Yeah. It just behooves you to to at least as 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 the other black dude on SNL with with Tracy Morgan. It just yeah. made sense for me to do Denzel and do Don Cheadle and 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 do Chris Chris Tuckerman and Chris Rock, you know, or whomever yeah. or James Earl Jones, you know, do doing those people because I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to have a better chance. Yeah playing them if we do a sketch than than me doing John Lithgow if yeah. we do a John Lithgow sketch yeah. you know yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just so you're playing <laughs> playing to uh to your strengths and sure and, and, and politically you're saying here let me let me do what's going to get me on air so, so what was Jim your percentage of oh sorry go well, ahead. so Jimmy Jimmy at the time was doing Chris Rock for the show he had Chris I remember Daryl had um Daryl had, had um, what's he that? had Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson, yeah. And Were they doing it in blackface? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did you have like like look when you were there at the mm -hmm. time? What was your thought when you saw that? Was there a, at the time? Was it like this is not good? This isn't going to look good in ten years, or was or it was like just whatever? More like, hey, I could do that. Like, that, that it was more of, that. It, it was, was not more, like you were was, offended. It was more yeah, like save the I'm, makeup. I'm annoyed. Like, Put the makeup you know, away. Yeah, it's yeah. Much I remember. I remember one time specifically. I think I was. I I want to say, they wanted me to do a, a Colin Powell, and so I had worked on. They took. They they called one of the producers. Uh, Shoe called me and said. Um, they wanted me to do a Colin Powell, work on your Colin Powell. So I was working on it. Um, so Dean Obi Dollar, shout out to Toby Dollar. He was in research. He sent me a couple of, uh, you know, tapes um, of interviews, 60 minutes or whatever, of, uh, of Colin Powell and having to study his. And, and I haven't heard him in years, so I don't even know if I'm, I'm going off of memory. Uh, He's dead. No one's heard him. But, right. <laughs> 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 Too soon. Yeah. Um, and then Friday when I got to rehearsal, being told that 
another cast member was going to, this is funny, that another cast member was going to be playing him. Well, it was Daryl, right? And it's not Daryl's fault. They, they wanted him to do Colin Powell. But they were like, they're going to have you play an African delegate in that sketch. <laughs> I was oh I ain't gonna front I was God. more annoyed because I was like, why'd y'all pump fake me? Why'd you make me think yeah. I was gonna what do, do this thing in the time working open? on it, you know? It is funny because uh. I mean I guess it's I don't know what's worth Daryl Hammond playing Colin Powell or the African delegate. But I guess if that's if <laughs> no, these are the pieces you have to play else. with. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing, while you're on the show, you really didn't have time. You you're you're um, you're vying just to get on the air, and so in the midst of it, you like, I right, man, I just, I, I want to, I want to get on the air this week, and so yeah, you didn't say there was there was no uh, use pitching a bitch because it wasn't like what they weren't going to change it because I said, nah, y'all need to, y'all need to make me Colin Powell. You yeah. know how brilliant I am right yeah, now, you yeah, know, yeah. and so and so that that became frustrating sometimes. Well, did you, times, did you yeah. feel like what, what what exactly was the year where we as a society were like? I mean, it's way later no. than you think. It's, it's yeah, like, it's way later. It's like it, it's like 2014. Where we got mean? to like, the point where like, Jimmy Fallon apologized mm-hmm. for doing Chris Rock. Yeah. way back in the right. day, and right. yeah. and even Chris Rock, I felt like if I remember correctly, Chris Rock released a statement that was like, "Yeah, it was fucked up." Like mm-hmm. he, Chris Rock didn't just go like, oh, really? "Whatever," but he did like he's like he was like, "Yeah, it was." It's unfortunate well, that that was well, like cool. Well, well and I went there. <laughs> it wasn't like we had no one else to do the it'd be, impression. It'd be funny <laughs> if Chris Rock was there and he's right. like, "Well, he's Jimmy's like, I Chris, could, I could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather play me than you have this white boy play me." <laughs> but that that was um, I, I I wonder like hearing that I wonder if uh, if Rock was also probably if that was frustration from when he was on the show. Oh yeah, and. Things that he was like, I, I could do that. Why are y'all having, you know, yeah. Farley or whomever, right? Because oftentimes the show would play based on whoever was hot. And obviously Daryl was, was uh, especially in season two, it was during my season two, Will Farrell's off the show, Anna Gosteyer's off the show. So they want to make sure that people, um, you know, recognize the cast members. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but if y'all ain't using me, people ain't going to recognize me. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so that that was the frustration. And I can imagine Chris having been there is probably annoyed with it, too, because he's looking like, shoot, have have Tracy, have Tracy play uh, me after a bunch of beast things, whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah, but yeah. Like, it is it is weird for a show that covers all the things it does is that it always feels like it has like we got one. They've gotten better that we we well, rely on. I think that's on, a problem with the. You know? Well, I I think it's I think it's challenging only in that like. In theory, if you're going to be able to t- do sketches about a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you might have a sketch where you need five Asian people, and mm-hmm. it's like, the, the, does the cast have to get bigger? But like back in the day, people uh, they pretended to be things that they weren't, and then we decided, you know, this is a little fucked up. But it also limits the sketches. Like right now, SNL has a lot of black cast members, and it's opened up the world of like sketches that could not have been done before. Right, and that's that. That's and and honestly, I'm you know I'm happy for the cast that are on there. However, part of me is like, damn, I wish, I wish we were able to do some of those things back when I was on the show. Like, I remember, uh, you know, there were times when I was like, wait, Bernie Mac's the host and Tracy and I are only each in one sketch when you go to air. I'm like, y'all need to figure this out. Yeah. Because you you have a lot of talent on the show. You don't have every sketch. No one ever complains 
that you have five white guys in a sketch, so no one's going to trip if you see three black people and one of them's the guest host. If you see Bernie and Dean and Tracy in the same sketch and and Maya, you oh, know, yeah. in the same yeah, sketch, yeah, like yeah. like, and so that's that's um, you know, the 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 idea of the 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 blackface and and just the the racially insensitive. That's something we've always been aware of, you know, as for any anyone of color. That was either on that show or just in the, like using SNL as a as as a uh, microcosm of uh, Hollywood and society in general. These are issues that have been persistent for years, right? And and we've always been aware. Like, so yeah, I don't think this is weird that there can only like uh, black st- stand up comics becoming uh, superstar actors, right? Yeah, for years. It was this, I called it the Highlander uh, syndrome, where there could only be one. Uh-huh. There could only be one hot black comic. So when when uh, Richard came, um, uh, or when, when, when Eddie came, Richard Pryor, um, you know, felt insecure because Eddie was there. And I remember Eddie saying, hey, man, if I get an A, you get an A on the test. We both got A's. My A didn't cancel out your A. Yeah. And... So so then fast forward a couple of years and then Damon Wayans is the hot dude. And then, all right, well, we, we got to wait. We can't let Damon Wayans and Chris Rock and Robert Townsend. Okay, and then fast forward another couple of years. Okay, Chris Tucker's the go-to dude. Okay, but, you know, Chris Rock, you're a stand-up. You're really not a, a, a big uh, film star. Okay, now Kev Hart. Now, you know, so they've, yeah. over time, you're seeing more representation which yeah. is good um you're seeing you're seeing more than the same you know five or ten uh you know actors uh of color male and female that are getting opportunities i, I love i love going to a movie my wife and i actually comment on it when we're watching something we're watching uh something on hulu recently and a friend of mine nefertari spencer she's on it's called reasonable doubt right mm-hmm. um and i and i said to my wife uh, or we said to each other i said you know what it's nice to see some new black faces um on a tv show yeah and you're not seeing and that's no disrespect taken away from the 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 10 or 20 actors that's that always were getting used because holly was like oh here let's use uh this person or that person yeah it's like there are other actors yeah. <laughs> that are available for these roles you yeah. just have to um take a chance and and hire more actors you yeah. know yeah. that are that are talented and and qualified to present themselves i my biggest i think one of my biggest qualms about snl in general is just the fact that it is so important and there's not other mm. there's not a lot of avenues for like sketch comedians or impressionists right, right. like impressionists there yeah. is a, there is a limited fucking pool Damn. of like and there, there were other shows that have tried. How well, long like was In Living sketch- Color? How long did In Living, Living Color, Color run? Living Color did, I want to say, four or five seasons. Yeah. yeah. If I think the first two or three um, were the two, the first two were super strong. The third, I think, was was still decent because there were still Wayans involved. Yeah. Uh, season four, I think there were fewer Wayans, maybe just Keenan and, and like Sean and Marlon. And then season five... Keenan, Keenan Ivory Wayans, oh, not oh, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, is he's he a vampire? A, he's on every sketch show. God of all damn, Keenan! 
I, Keenan's no, had the most uh, like. I mean, I grew up watching Keenan on right, all that, right, and right, then yeah. Keenan and Cal, yeah, and yeah. then Good Burger, yeah. and then. But I yeah, mean, yeah, what a with, career! With sketches, it's like SNL, because then everything else is kind of like you have to have been someone kind of known mm-hmm. to yeah. start your own sketch show. Basically, yeah. is what it feels like now. Yeah, yeah outside yeah. of SNL, sure. yeah, you know, like from from. Well, think about all the shows they used from Chappelle and Mm -hmm. then everything else that they filled in the blanks trying to capture that same Chappelle energy. Carlos Mencia had a sketch or he wanted to sketch performance. Someone was like, hey, let's just go with the the Latino uh, comic. And then I think Dimitri had one, had a a sort of sketch show, Dimitri Martin. how into Carlos Mencia's show I was at that age. I was really into it. And I'm sure sure it was funny. So this is a big... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was the punch. Um, half the I had a trip. question about uh, when you came into SNL. Um, I How old like, were you? Yeah. How old was I when yeah. I got it? Uh, that was the summer. I turned 31? 31. 31. Younger than you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so my question is, uh, it feels like, as two people who are not on SNL, it feels like you, if you don't know people there mm. when you're going in, mm-hmm. it feels like it would be an incredibly daunting place because there's no incentive for the writers to write for a new person right. if they don't know you. And also, they're trying to get their sketches on, so they're probably going to write for the people that are established. That's sort of, Did you know people going into it, or were you kind of on your own? Yeah, no, I was... Any stand-up coming onto the show, yeah, at least too. at the time... Yeah. At least at the time, um, and that might have changed. Like I know, say, like Rosebud is a writer on the show, yeah. And her and I think her name is Punky, yeah, uh, Punky, Punky, yeah. Her and Punky are real cool, and they. I, I was watching them at the cellar one night. I was like, oh yeah, y'all, y'all. If as long as y'all have each other, you're fine. Yeah. Because if you have at least one person and y'all yeah. click. Um, beyond the show, right? Like even beyond the show, you have like a friend for life, and you have someone that you're confident. Um. Starting on the show, I knew Tracy, but Tracy was a stand-up. And, had he been and, there? How uh-huh. long had he been there before you? Tracy, Tracy had been there five years already. So he was like, yeah. was he? It was established. Was he, in his, like, he, was established. he was established, but I honestly think Tracy really popped in his last two seasons. That just happened to be also when I was there, having not having nothing to do with me being there. But I think he really like. Um, his fourth season, he started finding his rhythm by season five. By I'm sorry, by season. Five, he found his rhythm in his six and seven seasons. I think he really popped. Were you the same class of stand-up comics, or was he ahead of you? No, no, we we. I think we all started around ninety-two. We all started seeing Tracy, like seeing his like deaf comedy jam. It's it's wild because it's alt. It's alt in a space where like alt comedy isn't as common. Like like he's there with a fucking yeah, twirly with the pro- hat, with a propeller hat, and like I just could see. Him getting booed in a different, you know, I mm-hmm. I don't see that act flying at like the Apollo. He killed at the Apollo. Did he really? Killed at the Apollo. I'll do you one. But Tracy came out of. Um, it's actually a great story. Tracy Morgan, um, like started at Uptown Comedy Club. Now before Def Comedy Jam, uh, Uptown Comedy Club is a spot up in Harlem. That uh, you know, birthed some some great comics. Jim Brewer. They they actually had really? a sketch show called the Uptown Comedy Club. Oh. Um, and when Def Comedy Jam premiered, Uptown Comedy Club was on the air. It was syndicated, and Brewer, Brewer Jim Brewer, Tracy Morgan, um, Deborah Wilson, who wound up on Mad TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, my, excuse me. I'm sorry. My boy Maceo, brilliant, uh, funny comic. Uh, 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 Rhonda Fowler, Flex Alexander, who 
who is uh he 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 was on like Homeboys in Outer Space and he's had a couple of other half and half a couple of other shows. Yeah. Um and uh and Tracy and I think Tracy wound up stumbling into Tracy's had a very like fortunate career, like the angels been looking out for him because he stumbled onto, and not the, whole onto time, the stage. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and he uh, and he wound up on Uptown Comedy Club, which then led to him doing the spot on Def Comedy Jam, which then led to Martin Lawrence putting him on his show, uh, Martin playing Hustle Man uh, for a couple of seasons, really? and then he wound up getting SNL. He, I mean, Tracy, ha- Tracy has like has that you want to hear like the the all of the 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 story of of Americana and someone just winning against the odds sure. is Tracy Tracy Morgan's story, man. Yeah. He's just I think he's just he bleeds funny. I mean, he's yeah. so like yeah. that's why his impression is so funny because like he just talks yeah. Yeah. funnily. Yeah. And and that's but that's to me that's those are the best comics. You know, I think now you know, you and I both know comics and you're like I I wouldn't look at them and think they're funny, but I know they're funny because I've seen them on stage, but yeah. off stage, you're like nothing about this person <laughs> sure. reads humorous, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, well, because uh, <laughs> because some some cats are better writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some cats are better performers. Um, Tracy, I can sit in. I'll just sit and like just laugh, just chopping it up with Tracy, just standing in the cipher outside of outside of a comedy club. Yeah, just because you know. He, once he finds one thing funny, he's going. He's going to stay on it. You know what I mean, John Marco. Yeah. You know, yeah. even how he says John Marco. You know. Though I heard <laughs> yeah. the story. Uh, you know, JP. Uh, uh, Jamik. No, it's it's JP. Fuck, I forget. McDade. No, not McDade. Oh. JP. Uh, used he, to book. Um, um, he 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 told me doing Catch a Rising Star. Uh, sometimes you don't know how to see a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. And uh, I should now. I said it. Yeah, black. Black. That has to be. It, it's probably Jameek. JP Justice. JP Justice. Yeah, J- yeah, yeah, yeah. Jameek. Jameek. Is that what he, his is name? Is, his real name is Jameek oh. Striker. Jameek uh. has the dopest name on the planet. Like if your name is Jameek Striker. That's the name you go by. You don't change it to JP. JP. Look, I, I didn't know if you were talking about the guy that used to book Conan or. or the, oh yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? No, no, yeah, yeah. Jamik, what is it? Jamik. I call him Jamik because that's what I met him as. Yeah. Like anybody, like I'm not calling Billy Burr Bill. Sure, right? sure. Because how I met you, his mama, mama called him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay, right? Like yeah. the people that wouldn't call Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, they were like, "You're Cassius." I knew you in this big, and so I knew Jamik when he was Jamik before JP. <laughs> I knew Billy before, when he was Billy, not Bill, and mature sounding. You know, um, I'm going to. So my name is Dardinian. No, I'm just. It's just Dean. He told me a story where he at first time he did at Catch a Rising Star, mm-hmm. and he like bombed in front of a sold out room, and he went back in the green room. And he said, Tracy Morgan was like, don't get that bomb on me. And he went in the alleyway and cried and cried and cried. And uh, uh, there was this degree of like, there was a degree where I'm like, with comedy, sometimes I'm like that harshness or that like, dude, you bombed. Like yeah. a real like, you bombed. Yeah, yeah. That is that is uh, more like in the vein of the Apollo and uh-huh. more with like black rooms yeah. where I'm like, we need some of that energy yeah, yeah. in in these other worlds because yes. it makes you strong, but it can be mean, and it can, it's hard to know. But I like I I I admire that, and I'm like, for me, I feel very fortunate if I if 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 I'm a, a okay comedian. It's partly because mm-hmm. I worked at LOL, which yeah. in a way is 
one of in a way is a, a black comedy club right, right, right. at least in the performers right. and i'm like i had where if i was bombing on stage ken boyd do you know ken boyd uh, he would just say he would say uh boo n-word right. to me while i was on stage and i'm like <laughs> that made me stronger <laughs> right, right, as right, a comic right and that, well, that's that's the difference between and it's it's and it's nice hearing a, a comic that came up in a different era appreciate that because I I agree the 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 clubs now <clears throat> seeing the clubs really nationwide but um especially in New York there was an edge I remember uh, I was talking to Burr maybe might have been during the pandemic like towards the the latter part of the pandemic when we were first starting to get out and i think uh yeah it was like last february did his podcast and, uh -huh. we, were, and we were talking about coming up in the rooms right and and the, and the rooms being the one-nighters not not the clubs that are dedicated to comedy but you know hole in the wall sports bars in in brooklyn the bronx queens uh staten island jersey connecticut you had you had probably at its peak back in the nineties. There were probably a good 50, 50 plus spots that you could go. That sounds that's, so nice. That's what helped me quit my day job, right? Because yeah. you could go and get like a nice little, you know, buck, you know, hundred dollars, um, doing one of those spots. And you're like, well, if I'm making a couple hundred dollars telemarketing, I'll just do this and get like three or four of those a week and yeah. then some road gigs. And um, Burr was even, he was, there, there were there were guys that you admired. The, and we always admired the the white guys that would come, come from the comfort of boston comedy club in the village or or or, or the comedy cellar or Ca caroline's or the comic strip or stand up in new york and would come do these rooms because they wanted to get better right and so yeah. you had dc benny you had burr mm -hmm. you had dan natterman um ah uh you had ah geez i can't russ maneve you know there were a handful of guys that were like not nah, but that and and they weren't pandering right they, sure it wasn't because sure. because obviously there's the there's the panda where you're the white guy that's in this all black or latino room you're like and they play you know uh all about the benjamin's like oh yeah that's my song but and you're like oh stop dancing this is awkward uh -huh, you know uh -huh. yeah, yeah. um but that they the same jokes that they would do at the clubs in the city they were doing in the outer boroughs and, yeah, that's, yeah, and yeah. that's what made them stronger and so when you had you know the the hazing uh, uh that that uh that Geraldo or Patrice or or Keith Robinson or Norton would would you know give um anyone you know it was it was also justified because we were like no you stink you yeah. know, you, you stink and you, you, you bond like that. That's that's what made Kev, Kevin Hart a stronger comic, right? Was there because, was a Patrice O'Neill documentary where they said Patrice, Patrice would throw a phone book at him on stage yeah. and say, find someone in there who says you're funny. <laughs> like, just brutal <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. I think Patrice would have, like, if I if I had been in that era, Patrice would have made me cry. Like, yeah, yeah. I hear those yeah, stories yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, he'd like, see me and he'd know I'm easy to destroy. Yeah. And he would do it. It. How would you define? Because I feel like I, I certainly like like as a as a comic who like has worked 
first of all, there's, there's, I always think there's this thing of like, some people call it urban rooms, which sometimes I'm like, okay, it's called a black room, at least in the comedy yeah. circles. But it feels it's one of these things where it's like you feel nervous to talk about it outside of like a comic space. Right, I feel you. I but feel how you. would you define like the difference between working what would be considered a black room? Like what's what's about what about the black comedy? room versus a mainstream room? Like what? Yeah, what's what's how would you define the difference? The 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 main difference is less ex, less exposition. And quicker to the funny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if if uh, I'm thinking of like the the one of the harshest rooms, um, well, there was like the peppermint uh, peppermint lounge out in Jersey. That's where Bob Sumner used to. Um, you had to if you were doing Def Comedy Jam, you had to go there before you did Def Jam. That was like the proving ground. Yeah. And so it's like, I think I did, I've done it five times in my life. I think I did real well twice. I think I did okay one time. And then uh, one time or the other two times, it was like, you're like, it was rough. It was rough. You know what I mean? But I'm, you know, they're legends that, that did that room yeah. and caught L's, you know? Um, so yeah, I think the different mainstream crowd, mainstream comedy club, uh, people have paid money. To see a comedy show, they know they're paying money to go see a comedy show, um, so they are in a they're in a stand up comedy mind state, right? And they're ready to laugh, and they're going to support. And even if they don't, if even if they don't laugh, they're surrounded by other people laughing. So like, oh, he's giving okay, all right, I see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, in a, in a in a black room or urban, um, you might be in a a, a bar that. Someone was coming to watch the Knicks play, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You're, you're watching the Knicks, and it's and it's during the playoffs, and the Knicks are in the playoffs. You're like, oh, my Knicks in the playoffs, and now, um, right at the uh, end of uh, the third quarter, they're up by ten, and suddenly the TV's off. You're like, yo, what are you doing? They're like, no, the comedy show is comedy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, for no comedy, them comics. You know what I mean? So now you have to, now you have to contend with someone that didn't even know they were coming to a comedy show, right? Um, I, I used to, there was a point where I used to say sometimes you, you'd call it combat comedy because you had to like feel like you were putting on this Kevlar and, and, and your armor because if you don't get to that joke in, in, a, in a quick fashion, yeah. they're going to let you know. But the difference being if you win people over quickly, Ooh, heaven. it's heaven because... Black people, Latino people um, that are going into those clubs, they're not just, <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, they're hopping out yeah, of their seats. I forget the comic has said, like, they'll yeah. change locations. Yeah, yeah. With the lab. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, yeah, they relocate, man. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's, I've, I've my, always have had a personal theory, and I used to do Harlem Nights a lot. Okay. I, I used to live in Harlem. Okay. And I always felt like there was a degree where, uh, I don't know if this is Brooklyn or Jewish, where self-deprecation mm-hmm didn't work as well i always felt like if i had a joke about having a small penis or whatever like in brooklyn like it would work and if i was at harlem nights i'd get a feeling of of the guys being like dude there's women here what are you doing like there wasn't as much i didn't feel there was as much i did this i did the serious xm show with the earthquake show when i was in la and it was funny because there was my man oh man man. john marco you a good dude i he was (laughs) i I, he's like you know he's a legend in my mind so it's just like i was in awe 
Right, because you're from D.C. also, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's Quake's house, yeah. And and I just remember there was a guy next to me, and I think Earthquake referred to him as like the alpha dog of comedy. And uh-huh. I made a joke where he and got to me, and I was like, I'm the beta dog of comedy. And it felt like the room was like, <laughs> like not a not a moment, not even a just like uh, it was just like, ugh. yeah. Why would you say? That? And I, I was it was that moment where I swear it was like that moment where like I, I, where there's a degree of like confidence, like you uh, have to lead yeah. with some kind of confidence. Well, and when yeah. I go, I mean, I just think about the the classic Bernie Mac. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Scared for the muckers. Yeah. And and it was it's like for me that's. That captures the spirit of like how you really crush because yeah. confidence is more important. Where I feel like you go to Brooklyn and be like, you go to Brooklyn and be like, I'm very scared of you, motherfuckers. Uh-huh. And it's like that's respected uh-huh. there. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I never, I never, whether regardless of where I was, I always knew I had to come out strong. I had to come yeah. out strong, I had to finish strong. Um, and I had to at least maintain funny during the 10 or 15 minutes while I was up there. Cause I mean, I was following, I mean, you, anyone from talent to Leslie Jones to, yeah. to JB smooth. Who is to, the hardest yeah. follow? Mm. Who's the one that you go, fuck I'm following. Yeah. In the, in the, in the black rooms, talent was always hosting. So that made it a little easier. Cause sure. talent, talent was like talent, talent was beast. Um, Leslie was challenging because I don't I don't really use profanity and Leslie was going all out. But then that made me stronger because that made me also realize, oh, if you're if you play smart, you know, you can you can um, you can minimize what happened before you if you know how to piggyback off their wave so that so, so that instead of getting. Uh, drowned by their wave of, of 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 energy, you just can ride that their wave of energy into what you do. Yeah, Le- Leslie was was always beast. Freddie Ricks, um, Jamique, JB, JP was was or uh, is a strong cat. Um, who is uh, JB Smooth man? JB, you didn't want to follow because JB Smooth, JB Smooth, what he would do? JB would take whatever his premise was and he would milk it and he would keep running back over whatever was funny and the crowd is crowd is like exhausted and, and yeah. like you know and laughter you know people don't realize laughter is tiring because yeah. it's an ab workout yeah 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 and jb would jb was somebody shoot tracy on tracy would i mean it was there was so many beasts that were coming yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it, yeah, it's man. a lot of beasts. And then like Todd Lynn, Todd man, Todd, rest in peace, Todd Lynn, um, used to put put like bring that fire, you know. Um, Patrice, you know, um, Patrice wasn't really doing those rooms, but Patrice in in all the clubs in the city, you're like, I I remember watching. Um, Patrice had the he opened for Jimmy Walker, or featured for Jimmy Walker at really? Carolines. That was rough. That was rough to watch because for you, who for Jimmy or for for Jimmy yeah Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, because Pat- yeah. you know Pat- you know Patrice is uh, uh ugh. you know he was doing what he does and then Jimmy Walker is from a different era so he was funny but it was a different cadence a different pace yeah and so Jimmy Walker coming out doing the Jimmy Walker thing. It, it just it, after Patrice it, just after like Patrice fucking just talked about eviscerated. the real yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, man. So it was, it was, <laughs> it was. But those, but those, those stories. You know, you cherish those memories because you're happy that you were around them. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, 
I did want to ask about you served. Yeah, yeah, I was in the army uh, six years. After what served. age did you join? I joined at uh, to age twenty. I joined when I was twenty. I needed needed some. Uh, I was always offended. I got offended that all of my friends uh, that came from single parent households were getting all types of financial aid, and because I had two parents. Um, the 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 you know higher education was like oh you have money like well, that money ain't sitting in a surplus you know yeah and, and yeah. so I just uh, a couple of my buddies I was working with at Kmart at the time they were in the army they were in the reserves and and they made they were great advertisements like they did more than the we do more before twelve p.m. I was or before nine a.m. than most people I ain't care about that but but Mikey and Scoot. You know, they are always fresh and they always have money. They're like, oh, dude, you got to, man, you got to join Army. Army, you, you going to get a check. I got a new car. And I was like, word, you know. And I just, I, I, I was like, I told my parents, I was like, you know, save your money. For for my for my sister save save her money for her so she because I'm not I'm not a great student anyway I'm still in college figuring at out. this point at I was 20? in college you I was in college, college. Okay. I was in college um and I was still sort of fig I knew this is what I wanted to do didn't know exactly how to get to that um and and I was like just the idea of having these student loans um just bugged me and yeah. I was like you know what they said the GI bill would pay for it pay it, whatever I was like I right, shoot I'll join the army um go you, you, you know and Where'd you so go? I did Where'd you um or? I was I I did basic at uh cuz I was reserved so it wasn't as bad I did boot camp at um Fort Jackson Columbia South Carolina How hard is this boot camp um, Boot camp is, is is Were you in good shape were you like I wound up in great shape. Yeah. <laughs> no one's in anyone that thinks they're in good shape isn't in good shape until they get there. And you go through because I mean you're 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 number one, you're working out every morning you're waking up at like zero zero uh five hundred hours to go look <laughs> but you're outside in 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 shorts and in a, a shirt at at five thirty zero five thirty um workout you're doing two miles of running you're doing push-ups and sit-ups uh and then you have to how long is this workout right like 45 to an hour then okay. we, we would we would uh we get back to the barracks have to have to shower put on our bdus um, be, being a formation for child line by like 6.45, get get in there by 7. Good food? Um, food was actually really good, man. That's nice. I enjoyed the food. The food, um, I enjoyed eating. I enjoyed eating. But, and, and then, you know, throughout your day, you're walking around with a, you know, 70-pound rucksack on your back along with an M16 assault rifle. Um, you're walking just, around the huh? class or like uh, what? You, you, um, whatever class you had. Yeah, but also like you're doing marches with 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 this rucksack where you know you're 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 doing you know five ten miles with with eighty pounds in your back. You 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 can't help but get in shape. Was there a work? Going? You said reserves. That means that you're just so training res- just so, in case. So reserves is is essentially um, for me. I did what's called split options. So um, since I was in college when I um, when I joined. I could. I went away for the. That's how I planned it. I went away for the summer, did boot camp, came back. Um, when I after the the say ten weeks or so, um, I get back. First newspaper I read says Operation Desert Shield is now Desert Storm. We're at war. I'm like you. <laughs> wow. You. I, yeah. I, I just wanted some money for books, dude. <laughs> um, and they. So next thing I know, they uh, they activated half of our unit, and fortunately, right before. 
they um right before the rest of us got activated the war stopped because i had done like a power of attorney and my will and all of that um so half uh, the people you were with got half, half the people storm. in my in my unit um up in webster new was york that like a draft that kind of thing or people and, well, you know in, or? no they they actually have found out that they they activated people that hadn't been showing up for drill so they well, <laughs> i think that's I, I, I gotta say, yeah, I feel like people who had been showing up right more would have been for more war. prepared. That's what we always yeah, joke yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. You know, I don't know. Right. Wow. But yeah, we uh, and then I went to school, and then the following summer I went and did my um advanced individual training AIT out in uh Fort uh Sam Houston out in uh. Did part of you yeah. ever want to serve just to be like to make these pushups count for something? Um, part of well, you they, did. They are if they, he's, he's getting yeah, money. He's yeah, getting, you we know. were serving, but I you did I did I want to go to war? Yeah, I mean, obviously, maybe you don't want, but like there's part of you like you're getting in shape and you're like, they want to help with something yeah, or you're just like, like thank god I, honestly at the time i was like i was i was gonna be i was going to be more annoyed that had i been taken out um and activated in say um november december i would have had to repeat that whole semester of work so that's uh -huh. that's where my mind i was i was uh -oh. like i was ready to be pissed off because i was like they're about to activate and i gotta do all yeah. this damn studying the guy y'all yeah. have seen through this i wasn't the best student um and uh but yeah fortunately they and, and a bunch of my buddies um got active one of my one of my best men in my wedding he got active my boy general uh jerome jackson got got activated and uh unfortunately you know he came back i remember he told me one time they were they were in they were uh you know over in um uh, was it i don't even remember where where in the middle east they were um but he's over there they're watching a tv so they like say the tv's here and then there's an opening and they saw something explode and they saw it on their tv yeah. he was like and he told me he was like dude that's how real it was it was that close to us i was like oh wow i said i'm glad i was in uh you know film class or whatever <laughs> you know how do you cuz you're a veteran mm mm-hmm how do you relate to veterans who served? Do, does it ever feel like the, the ones who went over there, mm -hmm. do, does it feel like they, do they see you as a veteran? Do they see you as a, uh, like, like there's, does it feel like any, do you, do you feel connected or disconnected? Oh, yeah, no, I, um, I feel connected because we all went through the same training. We all went through the same training. It's, it's like, you know, once you've gone through that and anyone I've known, obviously, I'm sure, you know, you'd have to ask one. Of, you'd have to ask anyone that's actually been activated and yeah. and sent to war. Um, and because then there's something else that they share that they've they've had that experience. You know, it's like anything that you you've been, you know, uh, forced to be amongst others you share an experience and you can never take away from that. Right. Yeah. And so, so, uh, like my boy general general, he has, he has a couple of friends that are now my friends, but I also know they have a special bond because they all were active over in the middle East serving, you know, um, our country. Whereas I didn't have that experience. So I'm cool with them. I'm cool with like a bunch of cats. Actually, they, when we got active, when they got activated, they sent our unit down and got deployed with a unit from DC. So most of, most of his closest friends from the military are from the DC area. My boy, Tam, my boy, uh, Butler, you know, my boy, Rodney Smith and, and, and a bunch of them, they all got activated from that unit. And so, 
part of me part of me wishes that I had that connection with them. Yeah. But I also they also there's never been no one's ever looked down on me, at least to my face. Sure, um, sure. Where they're like, "Oh, you ain't real. You ain't real on me because you ain't you you ain't serve war." I'm like, "Hey, dog. Like, I, and I've done a lot of military tours, both Air Force, Army, Marine, yeah. you know, bases, and uh, in, in in the Middle East, as a matter of fact. And there's always there's always a sort of camaraderie because people know that we've all gone through the same exact training. We've yeah. all had to learn how to function check uh, an M16 assault rifle and take it apart and put it back together. Sure. You know? Do you have a good chunk on that, a good stand-up chunk only for I, those um, tours? I, really for those tours. You know, like, like then it all comes back, and then there are things that they're going to get that the late person probably wouldn't If I did those tours, to. I certainly, like, I don't know what, that audience is at all like right. i would it would be a lot of like i'd have to think or i'd, I'd ask right. you or someone right. like i've right. never done those tours but you'd be amazed i, I just had a conversation with someone because uh someone asked me uh recently I, I was in uh i was at this casino in uh pennsylvania you've done parks yet have you done this casino parks? no i haven't done parks so i did parks casino and i was talking to one of the guys a musician down there and he was like he was like wait so so you've 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 gone overseas. Where's and so he asked me where comedy's taking me. I said, man, I've I've done shows from uh, Johannesburg and Cape Town in South Africa to yeah. Alexandria and Cairo in Egypt um, to Riyadh and Jeddah in Saudi to to uh, Amman, Jordan and and Doha, Qatar and and Dubai and and China and and Chengdu and 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 Hangzhou in China. And I said. I don't change my act for any of these places. And like, yeah, but you know, I said, listen, man, people are the same wherever you go. All right. You know, people that's, that's, we, 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 we get it so twisted here in the States, I think, because, um, and I, I and there's a good amount of propaganda to, to, sure. to paint, you know, certain regions and certain areas into a different, uh, you know, um, image than what they actually are. Some of the best treatment I've ever had um, as an entertainer um, have been in the Middle East. Not for not for military tours either, for local promoters um, and have gotten wonderful responses. One of one of uh, the first international tours I did was myself, Sebastian Maniscalco, wow. and Angelo Sarukas. I'll show you this picture um, later. And um, and we had a blast over there in front of like 3,000, I'm going to say 1,500 to 3,000 um, Saudis, you know, and, and there were expats mixed in as well, but wow. it was mainly Saudis. Was Sebastian and, doing his Chipotle bit still? Huh, not yet. No, this is this is 09. <laughs> I don't even know wow. if he had, had yeah. written that one yet. But, you know, we no, none of us were like, geez, what are they, huh? do they understand? Everybody speaks English, you know? I joke yeah. about it on stage. We're the lazy ones that tap out at sure. one yes. language, yes. right? Yes. But everywhere else... <laughs> They 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 speak multiple languages, and this right here, the phone and the internet have made the world a lot smaller. So anything that happens here in New York, they know about overseas in a couple of minutes, and so they can relate. They can relate to to Mr. West losing his mind, and they can they yeah. can you. So you can if I'm if I'm doing a joke, I, I wouldn't do a joke because it's hack. Not, nah, but if I'm doing that joke over here, I can go overseas and talk about it because they're looking. Like Habibi, why is he so crazy? You know they're looking yeah. too. You mm -hmm. know, so so that's that's the beauty of of traveling internationally. And similar to what you just said, I think comics do need to 
move outside of their comfort zone, sure. right? So you you doing LOL obviously is a different energy than you performing at the cellar or the Village Underground, but ultimately. You're, you're, you're doing the same joke. You're just maybe, if anything, you might change your pacing. Sure. Because you have a little more time to, to expand and, and, and expose what you're talking about. But it's, it's, still, it's still the same jokes, man. Yeah, I think, like, when I went to Canada, like, I did a chunk about Harlem. And, you know, it's like I've learned from LOL mm -hmm. how to sum up what I need them to know about Harlem right, right. in two lines right. and then go from there. Right, yeah. right. You economize. That's that's what that's really, like, the best stand-up is all, all about yeah. economizing and getting to your joke and not pontificating about how heavy a deep thinker you are. Like, let's be funny. Just <laughs> yeah, get to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, do you have a corner? Yeah, I can do it. I, I have a prompt. Uh, uh, let me just put this. I wait. Hold up. Uh, uh, let me just. Oh, let me ask why I find this. Why I fix this cue real quick? Are there any impressions that you never could nail down that you were like, God damn it, that you couldn't figure out? Because for me, it's all of them. Like in my head, I can hear what Trump right. sounds like, right. and I literally right. cannot do it with my. Right. What's your your Trump? I can't do Trump. China. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's your it. word. <laughs> That's all I got. Just that one. That one word. Yeah, I've never. Um, anyone I do, I do them because I like them and think they're interesting. Like yeah. if you know, if if I hear a voice and I laugh, hearing Erica Badu the first time I heard her, I was I, I'm singing with her, I'm harmonizing with her. So then doing an impression of her that with her actually, I remember she was a uh, Donnell Rawlins used to host his room. Um, Brooklyn Moon Cafe was also a poetry spot in uh, in Brooklyn. And one night I was doing this joke about her and doing an impression of her. And then I said, I said, I said, Eric, is that you? She was like, and she not. I was like, oh, you know, so I, I did the joke a little bit longer, add a little bit more funk to it. And um, nah, because I think I can if I hear it, I know I can do it. And if I if I don't think it's someone that's interesting to me or someone that I'm really pressed to do, I'm not I'm I'm not going to attempt it. Yeah. You know. Um, all right, this is our this is our new segment. I we got the ding 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 Russell Sandbox. He's got a thing. Could really be anything. It's unspecific, but it's a thing. Of some kind, it's Russell Sandbox. Better do. Wow. A little bit long. A little bit uh, long. Dude. We'll but, go contact uh, Danny Jollis. Who wrote that? Re <laughs> uh, we just had a guest, and, and it was a new segment, and he just launched into a song. Okay, so uh, down. I'm going to talk about, okay, so a downside of me is that um, I am terrified of confrontation. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about past instances where I wish I had been uh -huh. spoken up. So I wanted to pose to both of you, uh, uh, if you could go back in time, and and either change how you uh, had a confrontation with someone, or or make it you know like improve upon the situation for yourself. Is there a past confrontation that you had or didn't respond to that you wish you could um, respond to, and how did you respond now? Yeah, I remember. Um, I'm, I'm, this this pops in my mind. Do you know Joe Vesey, Joseph Vesey? No, know? I don't think so. Funny comic. Um, we used to have a podcast, The Father Monkey Protocol. There was an episode we spoke about. Um, I was on the road. I want to say I was doing Levity Live. And uh, the host, um, the, <laughs> the host um, wanted to, was, we were staying, myself and Harris Stanton, we were, we were staying upstate um, at, at the hotel near Levity. And turns out that 
the club somehow the the person that was hosting wound up using my shower and by the time it was too late by the time it happened it was like i was like wait what and harris was even more vexed he's like they wouldn't do that to louis ck they wouldn't do that why are they doing that to you and the more my friends spoke about it the more pissed i got about, about it but it yeah. already happened so if i could go back in time i would i would say i would just say no you can't shower in my mm. shower you and your girlfriend that just went kayaking just come shower in my no yeah. you know i think that's a good one these are these are tough i i i'm doing that thing where i'm like fuck i don't have a good one but i yeah. i've I have you one get of my in fights in your head all the time. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm getting better at like I'm getting better at like doing it now. Yeah, okay. okay to, or Tova does it for me now. Tova, yeah. and I'm like, Tova, oh, Tova, Tova, please. Oh, that's the beauty of having having a significant <laughs> other that they can play bad guy. Sure, but yeah. I think like Tova, it's just one of those things. I've tried to figure out a bit about it because it's like Tova will will get mad at someone, and I'm like, oh, if they hit anyone, it's gonna be me. Right. Like I am your yes, right. <laughs> yes. right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, you're her avatar. Yes, that yes. was the word I was trying to think yes. of. Yeah, yes. It's, yes. it's it's that. Um, uh, let's see. I think uh, sometimes some someone has made me feel shame. It's gonna be something in there. Mm -hmm. I uh, I think there was. It's very complicated. But I got in trouble at school at some point. Theater department. There was a big people got drunk and high the mm. closing night of the show. It was common. Everyone knew it. And then at some point they tried to catch everyone. Oh. Uh, uh, they tried to like get everyone to, and we didn't understand. There's one of these things where I didn't understand. I could lie. Uh. And like no one, these are not cops investigating right. me. Just right. lie. Right. And I remember we were at this big meeting and they were trying to like make us all crack. And it, surely enough, it worked. Like mm -hmm. they went around, they're like, guys, we need you to be honest about it. And everyone was lying. And then one girl was like, I did take a bite of the pot brownie. And then this woman cried. And then this guy cried and everyone cried. And, and I, in my head, I was like, I'm not good. Good. I'm not. And then like the tech guy, he looked at me and he, he mouthed, we know you did it. Oh, damn. Oh! <laughs> wow. And like, it like shook me. And I wow. wish I had gone up to him after. And I said like, you motherfucker, you knew everyone got drunk and high. You're just doing this because your job is on the line. How right. dare you try to fuck up my future right. because you got busted. Yeah. And that's the one I really wish right. I said, yeah. fuck, fuck you. you. Right. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, he sucks. Good, I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Russell right? Sandbox. Yeah. And, look, have, and look, it seems like you just purged your spirit. Purged, yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, yeah, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about because there's one this one thing that – it really bothers me that I didn't say. Do you anything. have one? What yeah. is it? Well, I, I when I was in, uh, I'm not gonna say it was college or grad school. One of them. Uh, I don't want to the person, but um, they. <laughs> Russell uh, thinks everyone in his life is listening is at listening. home. Just it could be, um, uh, or someone will send it to them. Um, but I was doing a show, and it was one of those shows where I had like four or five monologues in, and a professor was uh, coaching the show and also working with me individually on these monologues, but. Kind of like dropped off the radar for like the last two and a half weeks of rehearsals mm -hmm. and then just came to the final dress rehearsal and then sent me a note after seeing the dress rehearsal being like, hey, uh, would love to talk to you tomorrow uh, here are my office hours like come in, blah, 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 came in and basically said to me, I really don't think you're doing a very good job in the oh, wow. opening night of the show opening night of the show. I don't think you're doing a very good job. And I'm in school. I'm paying. I'm like in the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very vulnerable thing. They coached me on this, and then they dropped off the radar, and they didn't offer anything specific. And that's what I was going to say. They didn't offer yeah. anything. It was basically like a foregone. Like this is gonna. 
this is not good. And uh, it's I'm just really disappointed. Like it didn't really. I just don't feel. And said so they said the only monologue that you did. They mentioned one specific that they felt good about that was the only one i hadn't worked on them with and i was livid wow. and now as more i wasn't at the time did you technically, go i'm sorry technically an adult no i was just i just was so low confidence already in this program and then to then be going into opening night with that kind right, of thing right. uh, it was like in now looking back this person fucking sucks this person is someone who has a good name kind of in their what they do mm-hmm. a good reputation they work at some nice theater companies and but they're full of shit and they're just kind of an ass kicker kisser and they've just kind of they don't really know much and they're bad teacher and i just wish i could been like fuck you you don't know anything you didn't really help anyone and no one here really likes you they just like your resume Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of and i feel very strong about this person because people i know still really love them and i think they're a bullshit person Mm -hmm. and i think they're phony and they don't know a lot and they've know they've worked their way into kissing the right three asses in the theater community mm. and uh, they work all the time and everyone loves them and fuck off. Let's, I let's, almost said their name. <laughs> do let's it. have them on but the pod and I'll, think, I'll get to the bottom of this. My conspiracy in my head though too is that the week before I went to a party that they had hosted and I was really drunk and I got in a conversation with their partner who I thought was really boring and I totally stopped listening to what their partner was saying and I like looked away and then I realized that this person was still talking to me and I was like, Oh, and then I looked back and then I was like, and then I just walked away from them. And I think, so I'm, my conspiracy theory is Is that I offended their partner by thinking that they're boring and he is boring. And, um, uh, (laughs) and that they then had this weird thing, but that's conspiracy. And I think that's not true. I think this person is just ultimately, uh, they shitty suck. person. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Anyways, tell them how you really feel, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll we'll f- round this up real quick. Uh, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. Do you have a this has got to stop for us today? Oh, what is this has got to stop? Hold up, I love. I, I love. I love finding out who read the email, and who didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you knew something that. Something that's got to stop. Something that in society, it could be. Uh, I always have bad examples for this. Wedding registries, people saying, I appreciate you. Uh, uh, bigger things, anything, something that's like, enough of this. Oh, this has got to stop. Uh, new comics offering me their business card. Perfect. That's a perfect one. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. And ugh. Are they stand-ups doing this? Are, <laughs> Are they you stand-ups doing this? I do have business cards. Ah, ah. What? Well, why? it's fine to have a business sure. card. Don't give it to another comic. Yeah, of where course, are you put that. Where you well, not, get so many of people. Were I think all it's doing so it. funny. I at LOL sometimes I would give out cards at the end. I, I've kind of moved past that stage, but sometimes people would give me their business card back, uh, and I'd be like, "No, what, yeah, yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? I don't know what you do." Oh, uh, that's just in case you need interior design. You need a dentist that's that's, in that's almost like when when uh, like after shows you're telling people to you know follow me, and they, and they they come up, "Hey, I just follow you. Make sure you follow me back." And you're like, "No." Why? Why? What do you do? That's You're not, not interesting. Works. I think there's a thing with like hustle culture where there's like a degree of like, hey, we're both like when people will be like subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I'm like, as a comic, I'm not your aud- I'm not your <sighs> market. All. Yeah. Nice. You, I'm not. I'm, I don't have time. Yeah. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's a good one. I uh, you don't have business cards. No, well I do for my like work, but I. Oh God, you know, I want one of those. Other <laughs> life. Yeah. Do you have business cards? No, I haven't had a. Business card since '97. I had I had this logo and it said the 
the dean of comedy, oh, Dean oh, Edwards, wow. with my with my with my that's voicemail good. number. Because that's before before yeah. like you had everybody had a a, a voicemail. That anyone could call and it would, yeah. That's, I haven't had that in these a days. Long if people time. want to find you, they'll find you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel the same exactly. way about spelling your Instagram handle at the end. That people will find you. Right. They'll yeah. find you. Right. Well, um, how about if? It, how about this is another? Uh, what was it? Just what's the name of this? This segment? has got to stop. This has got to stop. How about using a name that people can spell and not some weird thing that you now have to spell out and add underscores and that's all why this. I don't do it. My name's Joe Marco, and I'm like. G-I-A, never mind. Right. Just right. never mind. Right. Find me on the schedule. If you like me, yeah. Google it. You'll find No it. one's like, I love that comedian. I want to follow their career. Right. I can't find their name. Right. They're going to find it. They're going to yeah. find you. Uh, and then our final segment. You better count your blessings. You better count your yeah, blessings. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're a singer. Russell, do you have a blessing yes. to share? I, uh, so I went away this weekend with some family, like Placid, and got some good quality done with uh, my nephews. And my nephew, Cooper, um, he's such a, a sweet, sensitive soul. He, um, We were watching Star Wars, and I was like, well, I'm going to go. There was a hot tub. I was like, I'm going to take a break and go to the hot tub. And he, like 10 minutes later, he came, and he's like, He's like, hey, I'm like, you know, really sad about Star Wars. There's some people died in it, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. Uh, well, you know, he's, he's just turned seven. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll get out and we can go back and watch. So we go back and watch. And he's like, he's like, hey, Uncle Russ, I need to tell you something. I was like, what? And he goes, I wasn't sad about the people dying in Star Wars. I was, <laughs> this is what he said. I was sad because time is moving so fast and the trip is almost done. And I don't want it to be done. Oh, wow. And I feel like I miss you already. And I was like, wow. I was like a little, <laughs> little sweet, sweet, sensitive, anxious soul. Wow. Um, but anyway, so I had a good uh, time connecting with him this weekend. And, and his brother's wild, but well, a good time, too. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, My nephew I, Cooper. I can appreciate yes. that. Yes. No, that, no, that was beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. so that's sweet. Moment. Yeah. Just have Time kids already, so you fast. son of a bitch. Just have a kid. <laughs> ah, Please. Yeah. Um, I, I won't read this message. Well, so I did Philly Punchline uh-huh. uh, last night, nice. and we have we have more and more podcast Debbie Downsiders. That's yes. what we call them. Yeah. By the way, if you're listening, I forgot to say this. If you're a fan of the podcast, oh. check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside to listen to bonus episodes, our AMP episodes, which are live every tuesday 4 to 5 p.m est yes uh but we're building once we hit 50 patreon subscribers i'm getting an uncle function tattoo mm-hmm. once we hit 100 russell is doing so many shrooms he's gonna see god yeah but uh it's it's so cool to have we've been doing this podcast over a year yeah. it is a lot of work but it's so great with the and then you sit in the front row yes, and I wish you yes. could be there to see people well, come up and they're meet, like I'm I a Debbie meet, Downsider. I got to meet the woman in L.A. You got to meet the woman that in was L.A. Very cool. I talk about my girlfriend on stage and they go Tova, oh, man, and no. it's like it, that's a mixed blessing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, because I say some very mean things. But uh, there was a there was a woman I won't read the full message. Her name was Caitlin. Uh, hello, Caitlin. She just wrote something very sweet. She came up and she was like she was crying mm. and was like so happy. And it was one of those things where. You mean so it's like you were able to make someone feel just, so good? Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's an overwhelming because it feels like a responsibility. And I'm like, thank God the show was good. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but she was crying and she demanded a refund. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, Caitlin, uh, uh, thank you for the very sweet message. 
and it's very moving. I can see how celebrities start thinking that they're important. And uh, 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 I don't want to, it's hard. You talk about it and it feels like you're like self-aggrandizing in a way. You want to be humble, but it meant a lot. It just meant a lot to see someone moved by what I did. And I'm glad I did that. And you made me feel very special. And I hope I bring laughter to your life. Yeah, Yeah. and, and, and clearly you you do and you did uh, based on her emotional output and reaction you know I, uh, not to sound all serious but this there's power in what we do right as as yeah. as performers especially as uh, i think stand up comedy um is healing you know especially sure. in with everything that we're dealing with in the world people are so stressed we all just came out of the last 2 years that some people felt very traumatic because it wasn't just being stuck in the house, but it was also the social upheavals and, and, and everything else coupled. Right. Yeah. And to, to get to just go out, um, you're in people's ears while they're, you know, living life, whether it's, you know, working out on a treadmill or, yeah. or walking, heading to work or driving to work or laying in their bed. Right. So when you actually, when, when someone can go and experience you in real time in the physical three dimensions that's that's a beautiful thing man and i i, I honestly there there is power in that i don't think it's self-aggrandizing i think it's surreal to, to, it's like it is very surreal if if when you know tova got annoyed i put uh, I, I didn't i didn't bunch the socks together i just put them kind of one by one in the drawer and she was annoyed and i i wanted to be like you know what caitlin would think about this <laughs> Caitlin would say, wow, you get to live with John Marco? Why don't you shut the fuck up? And yeah, that's like, a healthy way to Now that's self-aggrandizing. That's a healthy way to live your life. You should give that for every fight you get but in. Comedically for every fight you get in, you get in a fight with a cashier, you're like, you know what Caitlin would say about right, this? Right, exactly. Shout Caitlin out to Caitlin. would make sure that my food was cooked exactly, properly. Exactly. Um, uh, do you have a blessing to close us out? Blessing. Um, it's a blessing to be here, man. I appreciate y'all inviting me. I love I love tossing it up with with my fellow funny people. Um, this weekend I had a great show. Had great shows in Albany, but what made one even more special was uh was my my cousin. I forgot he lived up in uh, the Albany uh, area, and so maybe I get to the club. I look at my phone. Hey, I'm uh I'm I'm sitting you know a few rows back, and him being there actually made me detour um and i wound up doing 20 minutes on moving so much as a kid and and uh my family and his family and our and our mothers that were sisters or our you know my aunt and my mother and just i wound up doing 20 25 minutes of material that weren't weren't planned yeah, yeah, yeah. um things that i might have jotted down over the years but never really that's awesome. ventured into that's cool and it turned into by the end, of, by the time I had to land the plane, I was like, "Dude, I, I, I haven't even gotten to the closer yet." You yeah, know? yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I went a little long, but it was, it was such a, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. And of course, right before I went on stage, I said to myself, "You should record this. You really should record this." And I was like, oh, "I don't need to record this. I'm uh-huh, living." Uh-huh. And then, of course, you know, I'm recording fucking everything. Yeah, and of course, I, I recorded the next night strong but not as good as the first time you, you, you tell your it, cousin yeah. like hey i need you to come yeah, back for this yeah, one come back <laughs> and sit up and we got, yeah. um all right this is coming out uh november 8th november. is there anything you would like to plug um let me see uh shoot let me see look i'm opening my calendar here you look right I'll, I'll go i'll go first because i got yeah, pulled up yeah, here yeah. so this is a big big week for me guys i am uh headlining the midnight theater 
which is a lot of seats. This is the Midnight Theater, November 10th, Thursday, November 10th at 7.30 p.m. Um, it's a big show. I think there's 140 seats. We're trying to sell it out, so please come to that. And then November 11th and November 12th, I'm headlining Bananas Comedy Club nice. uh, uh, in Hasbrook Heights. I've been there before. Always a good time. Uh, I got a good story about bananas. Maybe I'll tell in the next episode. And then November 13th, this is all part of New York Comedy Festival. Yeah. Not bananas, but there's a live taping of The Downside at Sesh Comedy Club. That's November 13th at 6 p.m. So get your tickets now. They're pretty cheap. And last live episode we did was fucking fantastic. And yeah. we were pretty much sold out. So nice. come to that. Links yes. in bio for all. And then for me, uh, right after that, I get the tickets to that. And then come see Uncle Function at New York. Uh, oh, no. Uncle Function at uh, Asylum NYC that night at 9.30 p.m., Sunday, November 13th. Great. And any plugs from you? For me, yeah, actually, uh, uh, I remember that I'm part of a... We have Race, the movie, the play, the reading. is going to be three nights in a row. It's a play uh, that I'm part of um, and also uh, co-starring in with uh, Brett Raybould and uh, written by he and Christian Durant. And uh, we're, we're... where I think the first play ever um, running during, it's actually the reading though, um, during the uh, New York Comedy Festival will be at uh, Stand Up New York, November 10th, 11th and 12th, Stand Up New York. You can go to uh, Stand Up New York's website to get your tickets. Um, this will sell out. We, uh, like I said, we, we're we we're now an award. We won a couple of awards, best actor, best uh, original uh, written play, and we should have won best play, um, but we ran long because we got a lot of laughs um, during the New York Theater Festival. Mm. So we're we're now part of the uh, New York Comedy Festival, and uh, this I, I guarantee you it's a, it's a it's a spoof of um, of. Osc- of, of race bait Oscar movies, everything yeah. from the Green Book yeah. to uh, Driving Miss Daisy and the Help. We we goof on all of these, and it's it's a it's a really it's a very funny but poignant and and uh, well written piece of theater. And we're doing this reading three nights in a row at Stand Up New York. Very Great. Cool. Uh, well, thank you again. Go to Patreon.com/slash/downside. And uh, remember, we're all part of the organism of humanity, and time and space just flow, and it's a beautiful infinity, and uh, I think the shrooms are still (laughs) in my system. This is the downside. One, two, three. Downside. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi.